The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hoopball Podcast listeners, are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. And now we are back here on the Hoop Bowl Chicago Bulls podcast. My name is Greg Mirage, your host, as per usual. Appreciate all of you that have listened throughout this pandemic, and I appreciate you bearing with me as we were on hiatus for the last week and a half. I want to thank the guys from the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast, Jules, Dead Prez, and Novek, for coming on to recap The Last Dance. I hope that you all went and listened to me as a guest on their podcast, which we promoted on our Twitter account from last week. A couple of housekeeping items. Make sure you write a review, leave a rating, and subscribe. That is what is going to help our metrics improve immensely. So, I want to address one thing before we get into basketball talk. Most podcasts have been putting out episodes, and most radio shows have been discussing the civil unrest in this country after the murder of George Floyd by Derek Chauvin, the Minneapolis police officer that put his knee into Floyd's neck and caused him to choke to death. And that has been the subject, not just in America, but around the world, for the last 10 days. If you go over to my other podcast, MLB Morning Coffee, and you listen to the episode titled, This Episode Is Not About Baseball, you will hear my full statement on that because I felt like I needed to address it as well. Even as a white man living in America, I will never have the same experiences as a black man living in America. I will never know what it is like to be an African-American person in this country. So I want you to go over and listen to that episode if you want to be able to hear my views on everything that is going on in regards to police brutality, Racial Inequality and Systemic Racism. Again, go over and listen to my other podcast, MLB Morning Coffee. Click the episode, This Is Not About Baseball, and you will be able to hear a really impassioned statement from me. And the reason I'm not going to repeat it here is that I feel like I've said my piece, and I could go on for hours and hours about the issues that this country has as a whole. And I was talking actually with the fellows from Pulling Back the Curtain about all of this. And I think that everybody that listens to me 
on whatever platform it is that you do, you need to educate yourself about the problems that are going on in this country right now. Educate yourself, gain a perspective, and please go out and vote. Register to vote. If you have not registered to vote yet, please make sure that you do so. Thank you. But I want to talk about the NBA and the Chicago Bulls because this past week, through everything that's going on in our country, the NBA came out and approved their 22-team restart plan that is going to be all contained inside Disney World in Orlando, Florida. And basically, the NBA has set a timeline to where they are going to play the season from July 31st and the last day of the NBA Finals would possibly be, I think it's October 12th or October 15th. Then they're going to end up having the draft, then they'll have training camp, and the 2020-2021 season would more than likely start on Christmas Day. That's where you would see this calendar shift if the NBA is able to start on July 31st. And the reason I say if is that with everybody coming together in large crowds during these protests, we don't know what the state of COVID-19 is going to be in July. We have no idea what it's going to be a couple of weeks from now, but I'm already seeing a variety of different states like Arizona where people aren't obeying social distancing protocols and you're seeing COVID-19 cases spike through the roof. And I'm not going to get into that on today's show because we're talking about the Chicago Bulls. And the NBA decided that they wanted to have X amount of teams to be able to finish the regular season and give teams that are on the fringe of the playoffs an opportunity to get into the playoffs. And basically, what they did is from each conference, they decided with about nine games left, they're going to play eight regular season games, the teams that are still alive and have a realistic chance of being able to grab the eight seed and to make sure that you still had an even amount of teams, that's who they decided would be allowed to go. So in the West, you have a team as far back as six games in the Phoenix Suns that is allowed to go. You've got the Suns, the Sacramento Kings, the San Antonio Spurs, the New Orleans Pelicans, and the Portland Trailblazers. There's only one team in the Eastern Conference that is going to continue their season that is not currently in the playoffs, and that is the Washington Wizards. The Wizards are five and a half games back of the eight-seed Orlando Magic. So your threshold has basically been six games with however many left to have a chance to make it, which means at eight games back of a playoff spot, the season is officially over for the Chicago Bulls. Now, for a lot of teams, like let's say the Golden State Warriors, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Atlanta Hawks, you're probably thinking, well, thank goodness the season is finally over. And I feel like most Chicago Bulls fans are happy that the season is officially over for them. But these Bulls fans are concerned about the organization's direction when it comes to their head coach, Jim Boylan. And the reason why I say that is that there are rumors swirling everywhere 
But Arturis Karnaschovas, the new executive vice president of basketball operations for the Chicago Bulls, was doing a Zoom call with Chicago media a couple of days ago, and the subject of Boylan came up. And here's a direct quote, and this is from Joe Cowley of the Chicago Sun-Times. Karnaschovas says, quote, We want to spend time internally to assure that we are thorough in our appraisals. I know that you are anxious for me to comment definitively on our future of the Chicago Bulls. I understand that anticipation. That said, I take pride in being deliberate and thoughtful in my decision-making and take the weight of my decision seriously. I'm not inclined to make evaluations prematurely to satisfy our excitement to move this team forward. So that was more of a general comment, and here is his quote in regards to Jim Boylan. I haven't met Boylan face-to-face yet. There haven't been any practices. There haven't been any games since I became a part of this organization. I really take pride in my relationships that I cultivate with coaching staffs and my basketball operations staffs. I haven't seen them. I'm looking forward to it. So after we found out we were left out of the bubble in Orlando, we'll have all the time in the world, so I'm looking forward to that. Coaching in this league is very difficult. To make a decision about coaching is really hard. It's probably the hardest thing for executives. So I look at a lot of aspects. I've had numerous conversations. That said, I'd like to be in a building, to be in practices, to be around the coaching staff in meetings. Talking to players and coaches, obviously everyone is disappointed with the results last year. They definitely underperformed. In order for me to keep players and coaches accountable, I have to have personal relationships with them. That's what I need to cultivate. That's my objective this offseason. So when I talk about the return to play and the Bulls getting left out, it's these quotes that make me think that Karnaschovas wants to evaluate Boylan a little bit more. But I don't understand if you're an observer of the NBA and you're an observer of the Chicago Bulls organization and you've seen what the players have said about this coach and what people close to you have said about this coach and the perception of him that he is incompetent as an NBA head coach and that it took his incompetency for your general manager, John Paxson, to resign. Well, not your technical general manager, but your VP of basketball ops, the effective head honcho, and for Gar Foreman to be fired by the new executive VP of basketball operations. I understand that Karnaschovas wants to be full frontal with his evaluations of the coaching staff and that he doesn't rush to judgment. But if you have heard everything from everybody about Jim Boylan and you've had conversations with your players, why is this even a question? Why do you feel like you have to do a full evaluation process now when the whole point of the Bulls making the front office moves that they did was to be able to get ahead of the curve during the pandemic? It seems as if the Bulls were committed to one vision and then all of a sudden just decided that they wanted to, okay, we're going to stick with the same vision, at least for now. We want to give Jimbo a chance. But what was the point? If the biggest problem in the organization that everybody around you felt was the front office enabling an incompetent head coach, why is that head coach still there? Does anybody 
from Mark Eversley to Arturis Karnaschovas to whoever else you've brought in, does anybody there truly believe that Jim Boylan is somebody that can create a winning culture and develop this young core into a group of stars? I don't think so. You don't bring in Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley if you don't automatically have them bring in their people to terminate Boylan. You made these moves because you wanted to change the culture. And the only reason that I can think that Boylan hasn't been fired already is that Jerry Reinsdorf and John Paxson still have some form of influence over Karnaschovas that he can't show publicly. I don't understand why they feel married to Boylan still. This guy isn't going to win you any basketball games. And you have two candidates in M.A. Udoka and Adrian Griffin that have relationships, Udoka to Eversley in Philadelphia, and Griffin to Karnaschovas back to their days at Seton Hall, two guys that are widely considered to be future NBA head coaches. You have these two candidates right now that you can handpick from. However, their teams are going to be in the playoffs, Philly and Toronto, where Adrian Griffin is. So you can't make a move on them until their seasons are officially over. So is Karnaschovas effectively saying, I want to have an evaluation period on Boylan to satisfy his owner, Jerry Reinsdorf, and the chairman, Michael Reinsdorf, and senior advisor and Boylan enabler, John Paxson, that he'll give Boylan a little bit of room? The season for the Bulls is over, but the NBA season is not over. If the NBA had decided to not restart the season and had decided to kill it altogether, which I think a lot of people a month ago thought that was going to be the solution. Now, the NBA did kill the season for eight teams, the Bulls being one of them. But make no mistake, there are very few people that wanted to see the Chicago Bulls return this year, myself being one of them. With this current coaching staff, you saw enough of everything. You knew what you had. You understood that it wasn't going anywhere and that with this current coaching staff, nothing was going to change. So now the question becomes, what is Arturis Karnaschovas' plan? I thought that the hiring of him and the hiring of Mark Eversley and everything that the Bulls did to revamp their front office effectively signaled the end of Jim Boylan. And there are rumors coming out that say that Ime Udoka is the front runner to be the Bulls' next head coach. I certainly hope that that's the case, because if it is not, then what have we been doing this whole time? If Arturis Karnaschovas isn't given the power to terminate Jim Boylan and bring in his own person, then what have we been doing here? Jim Boylan has one of the worst winning percentages of any coach in the history of the Chicago Bulls. I want to run through a couple of coaching records from some of the less successful coaches in the history of the Chicago Bulls and compare them 
to Jim Boylan and give you an understanding of how bad he has been in the season and a half that he has been the head coach of this franchise. Jim Boylan's record as Bulls head coach is 39 and 84. Jim Boylan's winning percentage is 31.7%. 31.7%. Now let's take a look at some of the worst winning percentages in the history of the Chicago Bulls franchise. Now, we talk about his grand total of games. Jim Boylan has coached, as the head coach of the Chicago Bulls, Jim Boylan has coached 123 games. 123 games. So, let's take a look at some of the records of games coached of at least that many. Bill Cartwright, who was the Bulls coach from 2001 to 2003, he had a record of 51 and 100, a winning percentage of 33.6. Bulls legend, not very good, was relieved in favor of Scott Skiles. Stan Albeck, 82 games coached, 30 and 52, a winning percentage of 36.6%. Johnny Red Kerr, who coached 163 games for the Chicago Bulls, 38% winning percentage. 62 and 101, and that is with an NBA Coach of the Year award in 66 67. Probably one of the worst coaches all time in terms of winning percentage for the Chicago Bulls is Tim Floyd, who was the coach of the Bulls from 1998 99 to 2001. He was fired in favor of Bill Cartwright during the middle of that season. He had a record of 49 and 190. Winning percentage of 20.5. Of anybody that has coached at least 50 games in the history of the Chicago Bulls, he is the worst. The second worst is Jim Boylan. Jim Boylan's 31.7 winning percentage is the second worst of anyone in the history of the Chicago Bulls franchise who coached at least one full season worth of games. Vinny Del Negro, who was fired after two full seasons, was 82 and 82. Vinny Del Negro, despite how people talked about him as a head coach, he has the sixth best winning percentage ever in the history of the franchise. Scott Skiles, who made the playoffs three different times, had a winning percentage of 49 from 2003 to 2007. That's when he was the coach. Jerry Sloan was the Bulls coach from 79 to 82. And while he's mostly known for being the Utah Jazz head coach, he had a record of 94 and 121. Hell, Jim Boylan spelled differently. Who was the interim coach for the Bulls after Skiles got fired? Boylan, B O Y L A N, not this Boylan, who is L E N, had a record of 24 and 32 in 56 games. His winning percentage was almost 43. And by the way, the Chicago Bulls have two head coaches in the history of the franchise that, at least phonetically, have the same damn name. Come on! No more Boylans! That's enough. We're done with them. We're, we're done with Boylan's, period. No more Boylan's. And I hope 
that that is the case going forward with Arturis Karnaschovas, Mark Eversley, and the Bulls brass. That it does not take them that long to evaluate. Like, I know you haven't met the guy yet, but, like, look at his press conferences. Look at his track record. It does not take a super intelligent person to look at Jim Boylan and say, this guy is not fit to be an NBA head coach. And I hope that the official end of the season for the Chicago Bulls has jump-started the evaluation process. And as soon as the season ends for the Philadelphia 76ers or the Toronto Raptors, that you schedule an interview with Ime Udoka and with Adrian Griffin and one of those two men become the next head coach of the franchise. You think about relationships and how you build trust in one another. These two executives, Karnaschovas and Eversley, want somebody that they can trust. Each of them has one guy, and I'm sure if introduced to the other, they will build that same trust. I hope that when the season starts for the Bulls on Christmas Day of 2020, that there is somebody else roaming the sidelines at the United Center. Because if there isn't, from the fans' perspective, from the media's perspective, there will be hell to pay. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Hoop Ball Chicago Bulls podcast. If there is more news coming out on the Bulls coaching front, we will deliver it to you. We're going to try and get creative with our content the next couple of weeks. But until then, have a great week. And as always, Go Bulls! This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.